Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Rihanna Milne about resolving unconscious trauma to find success in life and business. Rihanna Milne, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. I appreciate being here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you today. I'm excited to have a nice conversation. You have a really interesting background, a lot of um, coaching work, work in the mental health areas. uh, And we're going to talk about resolving unconscious trauma, trauma from our past and how that influences uh, how we respond to our circumstances, you know, in, in, in our personal lives, in our homes, families, but also in the workplace, um, because we know that we can't just check uh, our personal lives at the door. Uh, sometimes organizations and leaders suggest something like that, like be quote unquote professional, leave that at home. That doesn't work. You, you, you have <laughs> right. to be, bring your whole self to the workplace. And even if you think you're checking it at the door, you're not because it's going to influence everything about how you act and behave and, and how productive you can be and how collaborative and innovative you can be. And so we're going to explore all of this and talk about how we can work on resolving um, those traumas, those challenges, so that we can be more effective uh, in the workplace. We can be better team members. And as leaders, what can we do to help facilitate that? As we get started, I wanted to share Rihanna's bio with everybody, Rihanna Milne is a certified global life and love trauma recovery coach, a certified clinical trauma and addictions professional, a certified mindfulness coach, number one best-selling author, the host of her podcast called Lessons in Life and Love, an educational speaker and licensed mental health counselor for over 22 years living in Palm Beach County, Florida. She was also a life and dating coach for the docuseries Radical Dating, Finding Lasting Love Over 40, and her client is now happily married. Rihanna specializes in those who have had past childhood and relationship trauma and offers VIP coaching programs for both single and couples globally. And again, we're going to be focusing today more specifically about how all of this plays out within the workplace and how we can go about resolving it. Uh, Rihanna, anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background before we dive on into the conversation? Yeah, most recently, I was very honored to be featured in Forbes magazine and also uh, Wealth Minds. Wealth Insider Magazine named me as one of the top 10 coaches to watch for 2022. So those are newer developments, John, that I don't know if you knew of yet. Yeah, that is tremendous. Um, So much in your background, so many accomplishments, and I really appreciate you being willing to come on and share your wisdom, your insights with me and my listeners today. All right, as we get started, Let's kind of define some things. So you, you talk a lot about addictions and trauma and you know mental health. All of these are the types of things I think uh, are on people's radar. We're recognizing, especially during the pandemic, that 
you know, there's a lot of challenging uh, things that people are dealing with, but can you lay that out for us a little bit more specifically? What are you talking about when you, when you talk about these sorts of traumas um, yeah. and the challenges that they, they um, pose for us as we move further on into our lives? Well, the, I named in 2012, the top 10 childhood traumas that are unconscious and impact people in their degree of happiness and success in their everyday life as a person, in their love and family relationships, and then third in the workplace and success and career. And they have not been identified. When I have a triple masters in applied clinical psychology, we did not hear of childhood traumas. So this is fairly new. When most people hear of trauma, they're like, well, okay, I didn't uh, I didn't have childhood illness or I, I didn't experience a rape or I wasn't in a horrible accident. This is what people mostly think of trauma. And that is big T trauma. Little T trauma is the repetitive ongoing emotional upsets that happen as we're children from ages birth and even prior to birth in utero through to the ages of 22, 23 years old. So there's 10 of them that I identify because of my work. I was in every school level from kindergarten through college as a trauma counselor. I worked in a mental health unit and a hospital for ages five through 19. And I did work in drug rehab centers. One was for women from the prison system and one for teens. And no matter what populations I worked with, there was no prejudice about these top 10 traumas. They were showing up constantly. So this is how I put this list together. And when people hear about these experiences, that's the first part I do with my clients. We identify what they might've experienced and then to what degree of severity, which is on a scale from one to 10. And most people don't think these things were traumas until they see how they play out in their adult life. And they're, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. So as children, you know, we are only a product of our environment. We can't help or change how our parents are raising us, right? We only find these childhood ways to deal with it. So, you know, if you had a very authoritarian father who was a yeller, you might shut down and say, I can't share my feelings. I got to say nothing right now, you know, or I'll get hit. So you were learned survival was just shut down, be quiet. And that could grow up to be a, a passive aggressive male. Okay. Cause he was angry at his father and couldn't yeah. do anything. Right. And, okay. and, and, and let's, let's um, acknowledge here that in the example you just gave at first, it was kind of this emotional abuse. Um, there's certainly the possibility for physical abuse, but, but even setting that aside, let's say you have a parent who wasn't physically abusive, just mm -hmm. the emotional abuse alone is yeah. traumatic and sustained over time. It's going to have huge impacts. Yeah, if you'd like, I'll go into the 10 traumas so the listeners understand what we're talking about. Then we can put the puzzle pieces together because that makes the most sense. So the first one is if you grew up with any parent that had an addiction issue, and it's not just drugs and alcohol, it's also sex, meaning you knew your parent was a cheater, porn use, gambling, hoarding, spending, eating, gaming, TV watching, workaholism or being on your computers or machines all the time and the kids are kind of ignored. Those are the top 10 addictions that I, 12 addictions that I named. The second one is verbal messaging. And this one is huge. So you could have been yelled at a lot or you watched your parents yelling and fighting. That also includes not hearing compliments or like good job kiddo. You might not have won, but I knew you tried your best. 
you know, those accolades that every child needs to have self-confidence. If instead you heard the messages like you'll grow up and amount to nothing, those kind of messages kids don't forget, right? So messaging is very important and telling your kids you love them and, um, you know, finding ways to commend them and give them accolades. The third one is emotional abuse or neglect. The fourth one is abandonment and there's fault and no fault. So a no fault abandonment would be if a parent happened to die early, if they uh, went off to serve their country for war, or if they traveled a lot because that's how they supported their family. And that was one of mine. My dad, we didn't know until much later, he was FBI and CIA under Ronald Reagan. So I remember asking, when's dad coming home? And my mom would be all upset. Well, I don't know where he is. And I'm thinking, well, where is he? Is he okay? Right. So having this need for safety and is your parents all right? So uh, that one around traveling is a no fault. A fault abandonment would be never being involved with your child's life, being involved to a certain extent, or um, you were involved until the couple broke up and then you barely saw your child. Okay. You even could be there presently, but not involved with your kids. Like you come from the office, you eat dinner, then you go into your home office basically ignoring the kids, not showing up at their events. This is a form of emotional ab abandonment. The next one is if you're part of adoption, foster care, or um, you couldn't stay in your parents' home because of some hardship. Trauma seven, most people can identify with. That would be if you felt different in any way. You were bullied or teased. You might've been identified as ADHD, um, had a medical condition, uh, you might have been the only African-American in an all-Caucasian school or tried to come out as gay or lesbian and your peers and your family would not accept that part of you. So many people can identify with not feeling good enough or not fitting in. Trauma aid is around the sibling. The sibling could have been born with a medical condition. So that meant mom and dad needed to spend more time with them. It could also have been they bullied you and made you feel not good enough. They picked on you all the time or most often you perceive them as the golden child. So they would have excelled maybe the star athlete or smarter in school or the more handsome or beautiful child, okay? Number nine is family trauma. Um, and there's two parts to number nine. So family trauma could be growing up with a lot of lack messages. Like we don't have the money to buy you that, we can barely pay the heat you know, those kind of lack messages. And they really play on an entrepreneur's mind because they might get so far and then they're like, no, I, I, I should spend the money on a coach to take me to the next level, but I don't want to spend the money. What if it doesn't work? Or it's too much money, right? The whole messaging around money is really impacted by your family messaging. Um, you could have moved a lot, being the new child in the school, um, a family member incarcerated. So some of those are family trauma, growing up in a difficult neighborhood, community trauma. We are all being impacted right now with the COVID pandemic. So whether we're kids or adults, we are all being traumatically impacted with this by these reoccurring messages of death, dying, mandates, you're gonna be laid off, all these fear-based messages. And this is really wreaking havoc in the workplace today, this fear-based, and the inability to make our own decisions about our bodies and our health decisions. And then trauma 10 is mental health illness in mom or dad. The two most difficult is bipolar, which is manic depressive. 
manic can show up as a high and happy phase, but often tied to an addiction, like a gambling spree, a drinking binge, or a spending spree. And uh, borderline is very erratic moods. When they're good, they're great, but when they're bad, they're horrid, and you never know what you're going to get. And that leaves a child in very high anxiety. So it's the combinations of what they might've experienced with the intensity level that leads to problematic norms as an adult. And so what are some of those, those long-term How do they show up? And okay. how do they show up for us when we're an adult? An adult. Now we're in an adult relationship. Uh, we have a family. We now have a career. We're going to work. How do, how do these things show up? Okay, well, we'll break it down into the three sections. In life, meaning personally, you could have high anxiety, bouts of depression, workaholism to prove to the parents that never thought you were good enough. See, see, I'm successful, you know, and it never seems to be enough. So workaholism is a byproduct of that. When you had those verbal messaging, which is trauma two and trauma seven, where you didn't feel worthy or good enough, or you weren't one of the popular kids, that also has drives this need for success. Um, and it can be a good thing, but it could be workaholism as well. And if once you get into the workaholism stage, you know, your family usually comes second, your spouse comes second. Um, you see this often with a lot of men wanting to work out and have this perfect body as they get older. Why? That usually goes back to shame messages of being teased or bullied that they you know, might've been a smaller, you know, physique as a, as a teenage boy. Um, abandonment issues. And again, that lack of money mindset abandonment is you hold on too long to something that you're not happy with. So that could be the nine to five person who hates their job, but they're not going to give it up because it's security. They're afraid to take that risk to move into something that they would really love or to start their new business because that, that trauma of needing security so much is still stronger than their desire to enjoy their work life, right? Okay, so in relationships, how they show up. Um, someone, again, trauma seven and two could show up in someone being jealous or controlling of their partner. Um, if you had a punishing angry father that might have lied to, led to lying and manipulation because you might have learned that okay if I lie I might get away with this and then I won't be punished today so that's manipulation and working the system um, a lot of these many of them like eight nine or ten traumas usually leads to narcissism and sociopathy sociopathy means using someone for pleasure or profit with no remorse, like a Bernie Madoff. It was all about money. How much could he get? You know, the lying, the scheming, the manipulation with no remorse. So that comes from deeper trauma. A lot of women pick up people pleasing and men have it too. But then again, that let's say there's an alcoholic mother and the older sister had to get the siblings up, dressed, fed out to the school bus. And she's used to overdoing to have love or to excel, or to get some accolades from the boss, right? So this is like that good little um, employee can work great on the workforce, but then she'll be scared to death to ask for a raise. You know, so sometimes she'll be manipulated and abused because her boundaries are so stretched 
just trying to please. And she is always last, right? She, she doesn't look in protecting herself. Um, perfectionism comes from this blaming behavior. So a difficult employee that blames everyone else because he's not excelling, right? That comes from this. Uh, also, so does imposter syndrome. Now, uh, just to give you a... I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. A little story from a biography on Quincy Jones, who was an amazing music producer, filmmaker, and it came out very obvious about his childhood traumas. So this will kind of put these puzzle pieces together. He had to live with his grandmother, he, so he was displaced from his home because his parents lost their house because they were both drug addicts. They were very poor. In the biography, it says if she caught a rat that day, we were lucky we had dinner. So he was working very young at 12, 13, learning a musical instrument and played you know, in bars to make money to help his grandmother and him for survival. And he was always wanting to do for others and pleasing, you know, to try and get ahead. So in many ways, these things served him to get very much excelled in his career. And at the end, the producer of the movie, there, the question was asked, is there any area of your life you didn't excel in? He goes, yeah, relationships. I was really bad in relationships. So you'll often find this combination successful in business, but struggles in love. It's the same for a lot of female entrepreneurs who are very successful in business and business gives her great gratification. But if the original childhood wounds around, usually it's the opposite sex parent around the, the father for a woman has not been healed, then there can be problems in her love relationship or she's used to being in control on the workplace, which works great. And then she's trying to control her partner that would drive him away. So these are very much interplayed with each other. And like you said, John, when you open the show, you know, if you're miserable at home and you're going into work, this is definitely going to be impacting your success for work that day because your mind is on the problems at home. And if you're excelling on work, you know, and, um, you know, the home life isn't happy, 
you know, it, they both interplay with each other. Yeah. So it bleeds both ways. It bleeds together. So when we talk about work-life balance, work-life integration, you just can't separate them out. You, some people are really good at compartmentalizing, but generally speaking, they're going to bleed into each other. And so as leaders within organizations, we just have to acknowledge that our people are human beings that have their own sets of baggage, right? Um, And whatever traumas they may have had from their childhood um, or their earlier adult life, or even their current circumstances, how that's going to impact what is going on at work. Uh, If we want to have effective teams, if we want to have um, uh, productive teams uh, that can uh, add value in the market and innovate and do all those things that we want, then we have to find ways to, to deal with this, to, to address it and to help our, our people get past it. So, yeah. but, but most leaders have zero training in any of this, right. In in terms of how to go about dealing with mental health issues, deal, helping their people deal with trauma. So what, what do you suggest to anyone listening? Like what's yeah, the first I'm step? I'm also an we, EAP. I'm an EAP counselor. Yeah. So I get the difficult employee that's acting out. And it's always a childhood trauma issue where they're trying to stake their claim and, you know, maybe losing their temper because they didn't make the sales quota and upsetting everybody on the sales floor. Um, but when the leaders of the corporation understand this, it, it, it lends to seeing it, you know, more clearly and then getting that employee help, you know, because they don't always know why they have fast trigger anger or people please or whatever the situation might be. They are not connecting with those unconscious norms or behavior patterns that are sabotaging their success. Right. Um, for the, the corporation, for business owners, I always say we were talking about balance. There's balanced triangles, and that's your employees, your marketing and sales, and the organization, the corporate end. And if one of them is off, let's say the employees aren't happy because the corporation is mandating something, you're going to lose your business, right? So you really have to tap into what do the employees want and need to be happy, to feel empowered here, to make them feel like their work is important to us the corporate people and the organization, right? You can do all the marketing and sales in the world, but if you have employees that aren't happy, it's not going to make a difference, right? So they all are interdependent on the other. And for couples, the balanced triangle is you, me, and us. So during your individual time, this is when you have work, maybe your exercise time, time with friends, and then he has his. And then the us time is often us or family. It's often taken by kids and what kids have to do in their schedules and running them around to their sports. If you don't carve time in for the us where you can both decompress and have fun and laughter together and get out and romance each other, you're going to lose the relationship. So these balance triangles are always interplayed and feeling anxiety is telling you something is off. You're out of balance. So um, yeah, I mean, what can be done is if people are recognizing the traumas in themselves and they're playing out. Um, Here's another example, a quick one. We had a very high powered official, uh, politician, and he got himself in trouble by what we call blurting out, saying totally inappropriate things that would make people say, what did he just say? you know, in shock. 
And this blurting out is from childhood trauma. This politician had an alcoholic tyrant father, a very docile mother. And I remember I heard on the news, they're like, do you think he has a mental health situation? And I said, no, he has unhealed childhood trauma because I know his biography. So, you know, this shows up in very obvious ways once you know what you're looking for. Having an awareness is the first step, of course. Yes. Uh, and, and I think having some understanding and compassion. So I, if as a leader, I notice these types of behaviors, these negative behaviors with my team, you know, one of the first things that many leaders do is they're just like, ah, it's not working out. Um, you live in an at-will employment state. There's no contract. Get rid of the person. The question is, are there things that we can do to actually mitigate the, the, those impacts and to help them resolve the issues? And the answer is absolutely yes. In most cases, yeah. you can coach, you can mentor um, to talk about workplace behaviors and effective interpersonal dynamics and those sorts of things. You can also help your people better understand the existing mental health resources um, yes. that exist within the organization, the benefits that are offered to them, many of which often go unused by a lot of employees, by the way. And, so, and so we can encourage them to seek help, uh, to, to address some of those sorts of issues and couple that with the mentoring, the coaching that we might provide. And those sorts of things can really turn around people who are previously problematic employees uh, and, and then we're in a position where we can leverage their skills and abilities and help the organization succeed. Yeah. As a certified clinical trauma professional, all my studies are showing it takes about six months to make the unconscious fully consciously aware, but it changes your life everywhere. It's quite amazing uh, when it happens. And yes, using the, the mental health resources that you have within the corporation, because it is a mental health issue. Um, and it's a deep, profound issue that takes an expert in that area of healing trauma. Um, but even with the studies around school students, for example, that a lot were misdiagnosed ADHD because their grades weren't doing well. Well, they'd come in from traumatic homes. I'd hear my mom never came home last night. He was in the house, a second grader, all by himself all night, you know, and he's not doing well in his grades. Why? Because when cortisol is up, which is the fight, flight, or freeze response, memory and focus is down. So if you had a good employee and they're making stupid mistakes and they're not able to focus, You've got to know there's something going on that's stressing him out or her out, whether it's at home with a child, with the aging parents, you know, things in life happen. So approaching your employee with compassion, like, is everything okay at home? You know, you just seem a little off. You seem preoccupied. What's going on for you? You know, just that genuine concern question, which could lead to, why do you see a counselor? you know, a trauma specialist, this is traumatic for you. You got to realize that is impacting, you know, your, your productivity. Well, Rihanna, it has been a real pleasure talking with you. I note the time it has flown by. I need to let you get on with your busy day. But before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Sure. Well, the final word is I just want to encourage them now to create the life they desire and have the love they deserve. Don't wait. Don't let fear, negative thought processes hold you back. 
If they are, that's a sign that you have unhealed trauma. And you can find me and contact me at my website, rihannamilne.com. And on there, there's the four free love tests about your relationships. There's a free ebook on how to have the love you deserve with the childhood trauma checklist listed there. And also uh, free book chapter downloads of my books, Live Beyond Your Dreams, From Fear and Doubt to Personal Power, Purpose and Success, and Love Beyond Your Dreams, From Fear and Doubt, Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve. And they are meant to go together. And then my podcast is called Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Triana Milne. On my YouTube channel, there's like 250 videos and audios you can listen to there. Perfect. Rihanna, it has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Rihanna and her team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership. Ordinary, everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.